0: To cảm, all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Guranga. All glories to Shri Guru. And Garanga, to Shri Mataji, all, Vanadiswami, Hiti Namne Namaste, Sarswati Devi, Guranga Panchami, Namaste, Sriman, Namaste, 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 she Guru in Vaishnavasta. She grew outside for Jatam, some of the Narragans, and the Sajibo sat right on Saturday, and outside that Christianity. She ran her Christian, of King Paranjana. Text 3. PRACENNAVARHISHAM SHATAM PRACENNAVARHISHAM SHATAM KARMA SHVAT KARMA SHVASAT AMANASAM KARMA SHVASAT AMANASAM NARADOJATMATAT VAGNA VIPALU PRATYA VIPALU PRATYA Amen. Unto King Prachinabadishhat. King Shattaha. Ovidura. Ovidurra. Ovidura. Karmasi. 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 In fruitive activities. In fruitive activities. Asakta. 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 Attached. Manasam. 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 With this mentality. With this mentality. Naradaha. 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 The Narada, The great sage Narada. Adyatma. Spiritualism. Spiritualism. Tatvagnā, One who knows the truth. Kripalavu. Being compassionate. Pratjevodhayat. Gave instructions. Is there anyone here who has difficulty understanding English? Anyone here who in English is a difficult name? Who is speaking? Who here has English as their second language? <laughs> How many of you have English as your second language? Everybody <laughs> okay. almost. Uh, if I start talking too fast, please just tell me. All right? I was raised in New York City where people talk very fast. Just tell me. And if I use some vocabulary that you don't understand, please tell me. What's vocabulary? <laughs> okay. Yes, okay. I, I, I'll be much happier if you tell me and you uh, mm-hmm. can fix it than if you just think I said something that I didn't really say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Translation and purportation. Oh
1: While the princess is <laughs> undergoing
0: severe austerities in the water, their father was performing different types of fruited activities. At this time, the great saint Narada, master and teacher of all spiritual life, became very compassionate upon the king and decided to instruct him about spiritual life. Where do you see in the Sanskrit that Narada is the master of spiritual life? What's the Sanskrit words? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. He knows the truth. Of course, Krishna also says in Bhagavad Gita, you see the truth. Actually, you know it. It's not just a theoretical construct, but it's something you have realized knowledge. And here we see Karmashri, in was engaged in fruitive activity. As pointed out by Prabodhananda Satisvati Thakur, a great devotee of Lord Chaitanya, Kaivalya, or merging into the Brahman effulgence, is just like going to hell. He similarly states that elevation to the upper planetary systems for the enjoyment of heavenly life is just so much phantasmagoria. Do you know what phantasmagoria is? Do you know what a phantom is? It's like a ghost. Is something insubstantial. So, phantasmagoria—it has no substance. This means that a devotee does not give any importance to the ultimate goal of the karmis and ganis. The ultimate goal of the Karmis why is he talking about this? He just likes to talk about ganis and karmis and how worthless they are. But what, what does this have to do with the verse?
1: He's performing ritualistic ceremonies,
0: and I'm sure he was performing them according to Vedas. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he wasn't doing some concocted ritualistic ceremonies or black magic or something. I'm sure he was doing mm-hmm. pious Vedic activities. And what did Narada want to do? Put him on the right path. Put him on the right path. What's the word Sarah used again in Sanskrit? For Narada knows? Okay, yeah. Tatva. What's tatva me? So, this means that a devotee does not give any importance to the ultimate goal of the Karmis and Yenis. The ultimate goal of the Karmis is, what's their ultimate goal? Sense Sense gratification. Where do you get the best sense gratification? Heaven. Not in Belgium. (laughs) Not even in Hawaii. Okay, right? Everybody thinks... Sorry to work is in Hawaii. <laughs> the ultimate goal of the Karmis is promotion to the heavenly kingdom, and the ultimate goal of the Gyanis is Brahman. Brahman. Merging into the Brahman effulgence. Of course, the Gyanis are superior to the Karmis, as confirmed by Lord Chaitanya, Koti Karmishta madje Eka Ganisha. One Gani or impersonal is better than many thousands of fruited actors. Chaitanya Charitamrita, no Jivin in 19147. Hmm. Where do we find a place where it says that the Yanis are worse than the Karnis or the Bhakti Shastris? Hmm? Sri Ishopanishad, yes, one of the astonishing statements of Sri Ishopanishad. And what is that? What does it say? The uh, cultural engagement, cultural connections. Anyway, the, the, those who are worshipping the so-called Absolute are worse than those who are just food of So that's, I believe, the only place. And I'd love to be corrected, but I believe that that's the only place where it's reversed, where it says the Gyanis are worse than the Karmis. Generally, we find the Gyanis are superior than the, to the Karmis. And here, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying, Koti karmistan. Among many thousands of karmis, eight ghani one ghani is superior to many thousands of karmis. Therefore, devotee never enters... And, and why, why is Prabhupada making the point here that the ghanis are higher than the karmis? There's nothing in this verse about ghanis. So why is he bringing up ghani? frustration with karma might induce you to take up again, so it might be related to karma in that way, to show that, because what's Prabhupada's main point here? Neronomy goes to this, Neronomy goes to this king who's engaged in Vedic ritualistic actions to show him the truth. Now, what's the main point Prabhupada's making?
1: That Bhak- so he's showing
0: Bhakti superior by presenting the yoga ladder. You said he's showing Bhakti superior by saying that eventually karma will frustrate you and in jnana. Any other reason why he's mentioning jnana? I he's going to use jnana as a convincer. Okay, how is he using jnana as a convincer that karma is not desirable? There's a, there was a progression here. What is, he started out the purport, very beginning of the purport, by saying that merging into the Brahmana feld, fulgence according to Prabhupada, is like Kigaliya is like hell. Now he's telling us that according to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, one jnani is better than mm-hmm. a thousand karni. karni. So why is Prabhupada bringing up here in order to say that, that Bhakti is better than perhaps Gyan goes beyond the moon. Gyan goes beyond the moon. Okay. Therefore, it's it's better than karma. Okay. Other ideas? Hmm? It mm-hmm. Closer to Baba. Definitely closer to Baba. But I think Baba's main point here is saying what's wrong with karma. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think his main point here, because people might ask, why is Muni? wanting to disturb this king. He's, he's a pious man. He's following the Vedas. He's not doing anything against the Vedas. Why would Naranuni want to disturb him? And Prabhupada here is saying how karma is not worth anything. And he's saying that first he's comparing comparing it to Gyan. He's saying it's only one thousandth the benefit of Gyan. And gyan is like hell. So karmic activities are worth one thousandth gyan at best. And gyan is also not of interest. So then what is the value of karmic activities? And of course all the other reasons that you said as well. I'm sure if we discuss this for another hour or two we can find many, many more reasons why Prabhupada has brought the discussion again into this purport. Therefore, therefore, so now Prabhupada is giving, first he gave the premises, now he's giving the conclusion. Therefore, a devotee never enters upon the path of karma or elevation by fruit of activities. Narada Muni took compassion upon King Prichinabharishad when he saw the king engage in fruit of activity. In comparison to mundane workers, now this is interesting, Prabhupada goes below the king. In comparison to mundane workers, those who are trying to be elevated to the higher planetary systems by performing yagyas are undoubtedly superior. So he's giving a little nod to what the king is doing. He's saying you know, it, it's certainly better than just somebody who has no contact with the Vedas, somebody who's not doing anything religious, just the ordinary average person in the world today is certainly not in anywhere close to as good of a position as King Kuchinbarusha. So if merging into the Brahman is like hell compared to Bhakti, merging into the Brahman is pretty nice. Compared to the activities of an ordinary person in this world at present, going out to the bars watching the football game, merging into the Brahman is incredible. Going to heaven is incredible. Going to Brahman is thousands of times Greater, But compared to bhakti, if you're looking down, compared to bhakti merging into the Brahman is hell. And fruit of activities, according to the Vedas, is worth a thousandth of that hell. And then the ordinary activities of mundane workers are far inferior to that. Because Rupa Goswami in the also gives this sort of a progression. In pure devotional service, however, both karma and gyan are considering bewildering features of the illusory energy. So, probably looking up and down. Right? Looking up, this is the way it's appeared, but looking down from bhakti, all of these things are rejected. karma <laughs> While the princes were undergoing severe austerities in the water, their father was performing different types of food activities. At this time, the great Saint Narada, master and teacher of all spiritual life, became very compassionate upon the king and decided to instruct him about spiritual life. Not too long ago, I was talking with Sri for Life, one of the mm-hmm. we were talking about modern media. And how basically the media is just full of two things sex and violence. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, That's Carmen Gan. I said, Huh? He says, Yeah, sex is you want to enjoy the world, and Gan, yeah, you want to destroy everything, you want to stop everything, annihilation. And this is the two main urges of the condition soul to try to enjoy, or to try to negate, either way. By negating, you're also trying to find happiness. And this is, of course, the main two reasons why people take up bhakti also, artha adhakti. Either you want happiness, or you want freedom from distress, which are very similar, but they're not exactly the same thing. And then, of course, there's also the curious and then the rare, rare person who's already brahman real life, like Sukadeva Goswami, or mars, who want to go further in knowledge. But generally, our motivations are we want happiness, or we want freedom from distress, and maybe mixed with some curiosity, what's going on? Is there a God? Is there a supreme goal of life? And the majority of the religious systems of the world teach that the goal of religion is one of these things. They teach either the goal is to go to heaven and have wonderful enjoyment, or the goal is some sort of salvation or liberation. Isn't it? When my father asked Prabhupada, can I come to the temple even though I have my own religion? Prabhupada said, what is the meaning of many religions? They have to know where they're going. Many planes can come to Chicago, but they have to know that their goal is Chicago. Otherwise, you can't talk about many planes. And most most. Of the preachers and the teachers in the religious systems today do not teach that bhakti is the goal. A few. There are some exceptions. But generally speaking, they don't. <coughs> the goal is heavenly enjoyment or the goal is ah, peace, negation. Now, both of these things, both incredible enjoyment and freedom, liberation means freedom, peace fearlessness, both of these things are natural parts of the soul. We're just reading a verse in Budapest where Prabhupada said, one must come to the platform of fearlessness and joyfulness in order to actually attain bhakti. One must become both fearless and joyful. So these are the two things that people want through jnana and karma. Through karma they want joy, and through jnana they want fearlessness, they want peace. And both of these are our natural birthright as promised says, dayabakh. You inherit. Something you inherit, it belongs to you. It's already yours. We're already the such ananda. We're full of ananda, we're full of happiness. We're full of sat and chit. We're eternal. We already have freedom from all suffering. Krishna says the soul can't be hurt by anything. Gives all these lists. Nothing can hurt the soul. We're indestructible. We're not affected by any sort of pain or death. We have full knowledge. We already have these things. Naturally, we want them. (laughs) Everybody wants to be themselves, right? Isn't that a natural thing? I want to be who I am. I want to be my authentic self. So of course we're looking for those things. Looking for joyfulness and fearlessness is not bad. In fact, Prabhupada says it's required. Cannot advance. So, this is the Ramabhuta platform. This team comes to be Sama, Saveshya, Kuntisha. Prasthanatma. Great joyfulness. And how much opulence and joy. If we think about the heavenly planets, I was just reading this morning about Krishna erecting the Dwarka fort and the opulence of Dwarka. Opulence of Dwarka. That the floors are covered with valuable jewels. There's gold water pots in every room. You know, I have a water pot in my room, but it's just plastic. <laughs> Could you imagine give each devotee a gold water pot? Jewel encrusted room. You know, we're lucky just that we can put a little gold leaf on the plastic carvings. And whose palace is the most opulent in Dwarka, do Who has the most opulent? Hmm? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's not any of Krishna's palaces. She's not a dorka. Upasena. Upasena! The most opulent palace is given, not to Krishna, to a devotee. And we let this person, we let this person who gives the greater opulence to the devotees. As Prabhupada was talking about, when Krishna goes with the coward boys, he has samosas and kachoris and the coward boys just have japatis and dal. But Krishna eats their japatis and dal and gives them the samosas. Krishna's giving, giving pleasure to his devotees in the spiritual world. It cannot be compared even to Brahman, what to speak of to world And peace and freedom. It's explained that the residents of the spiritual world can do whatever they want. They only have to follow two rules, Bhakti Yunotekar says in Bhakti Yoga, under Niyamagraha. They have to love and not envy, that's all. As long as you love and don't envy, you can do whatever you want. You have copper bichita trees. You can go any planet, probably explains in the first canto. I mean, here it's difficult even to go from, you know, one country to another. What are you doing here? You when I go back to America, what are you doing here? How long are you going to stay here? I'm an American. <laughs> but they can go wherever you want. Any planet. You can have whatever form you want, anything you want. So, full freedom, full peace, all the benefits one looks for in salvation, all the benefits one looks for in karma, they're all there. And not only are they all there, but like any loving parent wants to share their opulence with their children, right? Parents like to give to their children, it's their pleasure. They want to see their children, exceed them even. This is normal. And we even feel this way about our friends, don't we? Don't we like giving things to your friends? Isn't that pleasurable? Krishna's not stingy or envious or a miser. We are, we are the fool. It's completely a hundred percent us say, no, I want to get enjoyment and freedom in another way, separate from you. So he says, okay. That's not possible, but you can imagine. Because everything we're trying to use to get enjoyment and freedom is nothing but Krishna. All Krishna. Mumirappa, Mama, Earth, water, fire, everything. It's all Krishna. However, we're not getting any enjoyment separate from Krishna. We're not getting any freedom separate. So you merge into the Brahman, that's also Krishna. Krishna tells Arjuna, this effulgent this is my very self. Brahmaiti, Parvatniti, Bhagavaniti, Subjutta. It's all Krishna. But what's wrong is the mentality. What's wrong is I'm thinking, you know, the is probably saying the uh, ordinary food workers, they're just trying to steal from Krishna. Imagine that the son goes into the father's house, the father's willing to give, and the son takes a gun, giving you money. He says, You don't need to use a gun. I'm happily giving you my money. Why are you coming with a gun? So that the, the lowest of the materialistic persons, the Vikars. They're trying to steal. Him. Okay, if you want to, if you go to your father's house with a gun, then you may have to go to jail. Hmm. Even though your father's, well, you, it's no need. And then the next level the carnies they want to uh, make a deal with their father. They're not really interested in the father. They're interested just you know the person with the gun. They don't care about the father. They care about the father's them. And the next level also, all they care about is the father's office. Okay, I'll I'll do this and this for you, as long as you give me money, you give me a place to stay. Just a business deal. Actually Krishna and Krishna leaves the residence and returns and the gopis asks about the different kinds of lovers. And Krishna says that those who have those who are merchants are the worst. So some just I'm just doing a business deal. So the karmis are trying to do a business deal. Okay, let's see. I Do this ritual, that ritual, this ritual, that. they're trying to use Krishna like an ATM machine. You know? And so if we do this, we carry this mentality because this is the mentality with which we originally come to Krishna. You know, we still carry this mentality often for quite some time. You know, if I just chant so many rounds of java and I just wave so many sticks of incense and read so many books, and as the Guru was telling us yesterday, if I just memorize the whole Bhagavad Gita, then, you know, Krishna's going to have to give me what I want. And he doesn't really respond very well to that. I mean, none of us would. would I even respond to that. You know, if the husband comes home and says, Okay, hey, brought you two dozen roses, diamond bracelet, make my favorite food is this anyway? Mm-hmm. What kind of relationship do we have? So that's the position of the karmis. And then again, what are what they enjoying? It's all on a false platform. And the gandhis also, they're trying to, force, trying to force freedom. I'm just going to stop all of my senses, stop my existence. It's all on the platform of force. Therefore what they achieve is not Satisfying. It's a reflection, as Krishna says, the reflection that appears to be in darkness, just like I can see both a clock and a reflection of a clock in that mirror. So if I try to get the clock and the reflection, I'll just hurt my hand. I have to turn around. So when we turned our faces from Krishna, all we see is a reflection. Real enjoyment and real freedom, ironically, come from one who's not interested anymore in enjoyment and freedom. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus said. He said, those who try to find their lives will lose it, and those who lose their lives for my sake will find it. Just Mm -hmm. like things are in the reflection, it appears that by putting my hand in front of me, I will get them. But actually, I have to turn around. It's behind me. So these things are very counterintuitive to the conditioned soul. Real enjoyment and real freedom to an unlimited degree. Practically speaking, the devotees enjoy an equal level with God, sometimes greater than God. The Hussein's palace is the most beautiful, sometimes greater than God. Krishna's feeding the coward boy's more palatable food than he's eating. So to have that kind of enjoyment, unlimited enjoyment. Krishna gives the, the devotees of my to forms like his. So I'm not envious. Who of us would want everyone to have equal or greater opulence to ourselves? Would you like everybody to be as smart and as beautiful and as wealthy whatever is you are? Not like me. And so much freedom but the devotees don't care for that, they just care for Krishna. And again, just thinking in relation to ourselves. If somebody is having a relationship with you because they want something from you, not because they care about you, you might give them something, but you're not really going to give them everything. And if they just care about you, then whatever you have to share, you're going to share. It's natural bhakti means I've I, I lost interest in my own happiness and freedom. Not by repressing them. Not by repressing them. But by thinking about the happiness of Krishna, of whom I am a part. And then naturally I get all my desires fulfilled. Up to the level of the residents of Vrindava who not only forget about their own happiness, they forget about themselves. You know, we experience this to some extent in this so focused on a goal or a mission. We can, we're can we experiencing such happiness from the goal that we're working for, the mission, the cause or the person we're working for, that we don't stop to think am I happy? We're <coughs> overflowing with happiness from what we're doing. And we often don't stop to think about ourselves at all. We're just focused on our goal. So we have a little idea of this. So devotees are so focused on Krishna Overflowing with joy and freedom. Why do they need to think about their joy and their freedom? It's not necessary. You know, if you have somebody, if you're living at the home of a rich person who's providing you with ample food every day, you don't need to think about, Am I going to eat? You can, you can forget about it. They say that among different classes of people, they ask different questions about food. You know that? If you go to a meal at a poor person's house, they'll say, Did you get enough? if you go to the meal in a middle class person's house they'll say, did you like it? And if you go to the meal in a rich person's house they'll say, did you like the presentation? Because of course you're going to get enough of this and it tastes good. It's not even a question. So as soon as we just care about Krishna everything we want is fulfilled so many millions and millions and millions and millions and millions, and millions of times. There's no need to think about it separately. And we achieve this by falling in love with Krishna. Why try to get these things? We're getting them from Krishna anyway. they are going from Krishna anyway. I really, they're part of our own nature already. We really already have these things, not really something to achieve. Goswami says in it's not exactly that practice achieves bhakti, like you practice to play the violin, you, know, and you become an expert violinist. It's already there. I mean, there, it's already our nature. We already have. our home, our jewels, our sitting places, our everything. We already have. It's already there. The only thing we need to do is reestablish our loving and service relationship with Krishna. That's all. one thing. And everything else that we want is achieved because everything is already there. We already have everything. We're just, you know, it's already there. It's just there. And we're looking for it over here. So therefore, someone like Narada who sees a highly elevated person like Virginia Barysha who's in the family of Juru Maharaj where all of the persons in the families are great devotees, it means this person has the potential to find the truth, the word "tatsa." Mm-hmm. Find the truth. So he goes to help him, and of course, King in does achieve the truth. There is a member of this family who does not achieve the truth. Mary also tries to help him, but doesn't get anywhere. Do you understand? This? Doctrine? Yes, darsha Yes, these prachetas when they come out of the water, and they all. Become the joint husband of Munsha. They give birth to Daksha in his second incarnation. He's, he's an interesting person because he sees Lord Vishnu. He actually feels some dogma when he sees Lord Vishnu. But still, he's attached to this of mentality. He's interested in what he's going to get from the Lord rather than in his relationship with the Lord. So, anyway, this is the truth. What Narda is giving is the truth that all these things we want would boil down to two things, prime and again. We want them because they're already part of us, they're already our nature, and in fact, when we have a relationship with Krishna, they become very insignificant. And if you really want them in the proper way, even if that's your initial motive, which basically, for 99% of people, it will be the initial motive, you get them by having a direct relationship of love with Krishna. Just fall in love with Krishna, do some service to Krishna, do some service for Krishna's devotees, and then whatever you could possibly want, in any other way will be achieved. But in comparison to our natural position of spiritual, unlimited, eternal arguments, these other things have no meaning. Having some little reflection for a flash of time when we have eternal, genuine, real, truthful opulences, who would care for them? If you have millions and millions and millions and millions of unlimited room full of gold bars, what is the use of monopoly money? You don't. Know. Why even consider it? So therefore, Narada is urging us to see the truth. I was good at staying in the time limit. And we have three minutes for questions. Questions, comments, additions, subtractions, corrections, chastisements. Yes? I was thinking maybe... seems like that. Because the, the Isha Upanishad says that ignorance is bad and false knowledge is worse. And then it says that temporary things are bad and false eternal is worse. Right. Basically, if you look at the sense. So the way I understand that is wolves are bad and wolves that look like sheep are worse. Okay, but that's... Then go, go, next verse. Uh, the wise have explained that one result is derived from the culture of knowledge. No, 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 that one, next mm-hmm. one. Uh. Only, okay, only one who can learn the process of the and that of like transcendence. knowledge. am still not getting There's two. Well, is, those who engage in the worship of the demigod Yeah, there we go. Right. Ignorance, and still more so do the worship of the impersonal life. There you go. There's a there's okay, there's three and three. Three on knowledge and ignorance and three on demigods and brahman. Because this is talking about demigods and brahman, going to the heavenly planets or going into the Brahman. So here in this verse we're but if you look at the at the um, Sanskrit for that verse, the worshippers of the demigods and the worshippers of the so called obsidian. Samhutam. Prabhupada's translating Samhutam as the worshippers of the and the worshippers of the false absolute. But that's a very, it's a very interesting place where it's reversed. And this is far, it's probably yeah. like not the only place where it's described in a reversed way. That it's better to be a materialist than a false spiritualist. Yeah, the first is talking about knowledge and ignorance and the second is talking about matter and spirit. It's a series of three and three. There's a number of... Have you ever had Radhika Raman come and teach him? Mm-hmm. Well, he was teaching... Actually, yeah, it was here. It was with that summer seminar that you guys were doing. He was teaching about uh, Jeeva Goswami. He was giving the six main categories of verses that describe the Shastra. And we were all doing some practical application. We did it with Isha Upanishad. And one of the categories is something surprising, something unusual, and that's what we picked. That Isha Upanishad, you know, knowledge, false knowledge is worse than ignorance, and false absolute is worse than ignorance. Anyway, generally speaking, a desire for freedom and peacefulness and fearlessness is considered much higher than a desire And Krishna says you can't get any happiness without peace. So, a desire for happiness mixed with anxiety is much lower than a desire for the happiness that comes with peace. Yes. Okay. He said we're never interested in the goal. A devotee does not give any importance to the ultimate goal of the karmas in the end. But we don't hear that kings like Britu and Janika perform creative activities. So, mm. so. so we hear about kings like Janaka and Gritu who perform fruit activities. That's another class. But just briefly, Krishna says, the self-realized souls have no reason to perform ordinary food of activities nor do they have any reason to give them up. And have yet, as they generally do that to set an example for human society. And it's, um, let's see if I can do this in one minute or else. I was also... I was listening today to the beginning of where Krishna is talking to Nanda Maharaj Performing the Govardhan Puja. And Krishna is talking about you have to act according to your natural instinct. Which is, of course, one of Krishna's main points in the Bhagavad Gita. You, you have to do for Krishna according to your natural inclination. There's, Brahma's translated, is your natural instinct. And Krishna says, anyone who does not act according to their natural instinct is like an on unchaste woman. So, many times, as I said, this is a whole other class, so this is another two hour discussion. Many times, to go to think, Surrender to Krishna means that I deny my natural instincts, I deny my natural properties, and I do somebody else's duty, which is, of course, that's what Arjuna thought. So, it's not very surprising that members of this think this way, since Arjuna had the same problem. And he kept bringing up this question over all the about the Vedas. But Krishna made it very clear in the third chapter, in the 18th chapter, you have to do, you're going to act by your natural instinct anyway. There's no question of repressing it. Surrender doesn't mean to pretend to be something you're not. Surrender means to take what you are and use that for Krishna. So that's the situation of everyone below the platform of Prabhupada. We have two who we are. We have our real who we are and then we have our temporary false who we are. So as long as you're identifying with the temporary false who you are, you have to use that for Krishna or use it for mine There's no question of not using it. That's not possible. You, just, you can't maintain that. So those who are above Brahma Bhuta no longer have a false mind. Still, they often act apparently according to that false designation. Either because Krishna has some business for them. Or to set an example. Because otherwise people who are still in the false identity will think that renunciation is the means rather than the symptom of the goal. And I'll give you a very, very simple example on that. And that, like I'm designing a program to teach children how to read. So when you already know how to read, you actually read several words at a time. You don't read individual words, and you don't sound them out. You read them by sight. In fact, you can sight read words as long as I have the first letter and the last letter the same as the actual word, and all the letters of the real word. If the internal letters are switched, you can still read the word. quite interesting. So that's the behavior of, a, of an accomplished reader. And we're also predicting what the is going to be about. We're predicting according to grammar, we're predicting according to content, we're predicting according to the format of an essay or a narrative or whatever. That's the behavior of an expert reader. So there were some educationists who thought, all right, why are we teaching children to read, you know, the, is, this. We should just teach them to read this means that a devotee. Why don't we just have them read like an expert reader in the beginning?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. What happened?
0: Exactly. It's just a disaster. You know, a few children learned how to read because they were just so smart they figured it out anyway. Most of the four kids didn't learn to read. So, at the beginning stage, it's necessary. I-N. In. Ma-A-N. Mm, 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 mm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. no, but we don't read like that. And if you're teaching a beginning reader, guess what you do? You, you act like you're a beginning reader? modeling what you want them to do. If you model the behavior of an expert, they'll never be able to read. So, it's necessary. Otherwise, people think, oh, that the way to become advanced is to imitate the symptoms of already being advanced. So that's true for some things. Like advanced devotees naturally chant Hare Krishna, and we also chant Hare Krishna. But the expert devotees—they know how to model what the beginners need to do. And if they don't do that, there'll be chaos in society. That's their service. They are not interested in the ultimate goal of the Karmis. They are doing those activities as their service. Okay, and now thank you very much. All grace to Sri.